Hey guys, welcome back to Bariatric Confessions Podcast with your girl, Zipporah. Today is the day that we get to talk to a bariatric therapist. And I know you guys, um, like everybody kept asking me, like, what about your, your, your mental health after um, having bariatric surgery? Well, today we're going to get into some things and talk to somebody who actually had bariatric surgery, number one. And number two, she's like a therapist. So let's talk about it. So let 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 I'm gonna let her introduce herself, and um, we're gonna talk about some things bariatric therapy style. Yeah. Okay. So here's the big question: How are bariatric people who want to build consistency, who work out, and who live a healthier lifestyle? How do we build long-term success and not regain weight post weight loss surgery? That is the question. And this podcast is dedicated to figuring out the answer. Hi, my name is Zipporah and welcome to the Bariatric Confessions podcast. Yes. Hi. Hi. I appreciate the um, offer to come on. I know that like these conversations are super important to have. So I will start with an introduction. So my name is Amber Boyd. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am in, um, I'm licensed in the states of California and Texas. I also work with bariatric patients. Um, I support them with like a five week one-on-one experience where we're talking like all things pre-op to get folks prepared for what they, you know, might run into, things to think about, especially um, thinking about it from a biopsychosocial perspective. So not only the physical changes, but how those physical changes will then impact the, um, the psychological, emotional, and then also the social and environmental changes. Because I don't think those conversations are had in too many offices. I think a lot of it is like, you know, um, your diet and nutrition and things like that. But I don't think there's enough conversations about how like all of these things impact one another and um, like our relationship to ourselves, to food, to people and food and all those things. So, yeah, I had bariatric surgery last year, June 17th. So I'm about 16 oh. months post-op and I'm down. My highest weight was 458. Um, as of today, I'm 305, I think. And oh, wow. um, so I'm I'm working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. June, 8, June 17th is a day before my birthday. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, my birthday's June 18th. That's oh, really, I, everything June is, is, is awesome. Everything June yeah. is awesome. That's how I feel. That's awesome. So you're down like 150 or something? Mm-hmm. My math is off. Like about 152 Yeah, Like I'm in that range. Wow. <laughs> From a high wow. yeah. Wow. wow. <sighs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm... you started helping bariatric people like, like, while you were going through the process or you just realized like we needed help during the pre-op phase how did you like think to help your people so to speak yeah I so um I went to go get my surgery in Mexico because my insurance didn't cover my um surgery so um when I was there I recognized that one they didn't do a psyche valve and two they also I know I know they do. <laughs> They didn't do a psych eval and they also, um, 
they don't have like therapy or anything that they talk about. And so when I was, uh, I was like my second day post-op, we had a meeting just kind of telling us about nutrition. But beforehand, it's all of this like conversation happening amongst us bariatric folks. And they are like, it's so much trauma in the room. And I'm thinking, you just had this big surgery. And I can imagine that this is going to be a really big shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because it is for me and I'm in therapy every other week, right? <laughs> so um, I was thinking that if folks are not getting that support, then this could be a really tough transition for folks. So from that day, like when I got back to my room, like my uh, hotel room, I started writing my bariatric book called Preparing for Your Bariatric Journey, which is on Amazon. And it really was thinking about like all the things that I didn't talk, like I didn't get talked to about. And I can imagine that the folks who also were sitting with me didn't um, have a conversation about so, um, mm-hmm. and then I also got a perspective from my support person, which is my best friend. She came with me on like to go get my surgery and I was asking her, okay, so what would you have wanted to know as a support person? And so I was trying to get perspective from both sides of like what I felt That's like I good. wanted to know and, you know, didn't get a chance to talk about. And then from a perspective of somebody coming to support me. Oh my goodness. That is so good right there. Because like people, like you had the surgery, like I had the surgery, Mm -hmm. but the people on the outside, like who, who never had weight loss surgery, who probably will never have weight loss surgery, but they show you um, that they are supportive in what you're doing, Mm -hmm. but they just don't know how to be supportive, you know, you know, cause it's not, you know, they just don't know. And you don't know, (laughs) you don't know what to say to them or what to give to them so they can give to you, but you do need that support. That right there is so cool. That, that right there was very good. That's very good. It felt like, um, one of those things when I was sitting there, I was like, okay, so what could I be doing as a person who is not only like having the surgery, but like has also a professional lens that could, you know, hold both sides. Um, and I also recognize that like through my own challenges too, right? Like the, I am consistently hard on myself. Like I have been, I'm my hardest critic always. And so going through this surgery and comparing myself or thinking about like how, where I should be, what the scale is or isn't saying, um, what I'm doing or not doing, I felt like, you know, how can I, at, from what I'm learning, this is research. Like it, it feels hard yeah. going through it, but also this is research. Like how can I make sure that other people don't feel like this or have to feel like this? There's, you know, a space to be able to talk about how losing access to certain foods or amounts of foods or managing my emotions with foods or other substances has been a lifelong journey for me, right? Mm, And so mm -hmm. whenever I have felt sad, whenever I felt happy, if I'm going to celebrate something, we do it with food, right? And so (laughs) I'm like, and I do that with my family too, right? Like it's a communal thing, you know? So I think a lot of what we do and how we've experienced food, you know, if you've been shamed, you do it in silence, you do it in shame, like just, you know, you know, um, by yourself. But in the moments when you're with folks, right? And you're like, you know, you're supposed to have all this food. And if you don't finish your food, like, what does that mean? It's disrespectful. It's, um, you know, people, what do they say? 
um, it's people starving here, there, and everywhere. So you need to finish your food, right? Like what? Yep. So we're yep. we're forcing people to overeat and like feel guilty, feel shame for like needing to pause or set a boundary. So it is a word. That is so true. That is so <laughs> true. Like I like we me and my husband, we have three children. Mm-hmm. four eight and ten okay and um I don't know if I do that so much now but before we had surgery I'm like okay well you asked for whatever the food was or I made the food finish it you know and you know you do give kids a small a, a small portions but you you don't I don't like seeing my money wasted I don't like seeing my money going to trash can or down the uh the the garbage disposal so I'm right. like you know and my parents said that to me too you know like right finish all your food before you get up and move on or you know clean a table or you know there's um you remember those commercials where they had little boys um in africa or whatever and they they yeah. swollen with their stomach remember those commercials back in yeah. the day um you know those those boys over there those kids over there are starving and you're like all right well i'll just eat all my food and you're, you you right. don't even realize how much you're being conditioned yeah. to actually overeat and over consume that right there is like and and our parents didn't know they didn't know they honestly didn't know they just did whatever they thought was best just like you do whatever you think is best as a child but I mean as a a parent but like yes you are you are unintentionally setting um your kids up for to be obese and that's like that right there is crazy that's crazy I I also think about the fact that you you were talking about money wasted I think about time wasted too right like you sat in the kitchen uh, yes. creating this meal you feel like yes. do not waste my time don't waste my money don't waste my energy because we can't get those things back I mean money you no. get back but the other things you don't get right. back and so no. when you feel like you have poured something it feels like almost a slight like oh so uh, what I'm doing that that is a matter what I'm doing because you need to eat this food right yep. and I, I think there has they hadn't really been an opportunity or an option to put it away for later or like to, you know, give it to somebody else who might've wanted to eat it or whatever the case, right? Um, right. And I think about too, just generationally um, coming from, you know, spaces where poverty have been, you know, popping or like, you know, food might have been even, and, and I'm not talking about everybody, but I know some circumstances like, you know, my parents' parent, you know, came from a space of, things were minimal. So if I'm getting this for you, that means that you need to consume. Right. Right. And so wanting to to honor that. And there's also the, like what comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. And um, so your, your book that's on Amazon, I didn't even know you had a book, so that's really good. So your book that's on Amazon, um, it it speaks to like the pre-op phase primarily Mm -hmm. and how to go through certain things um this one friend on tiktok she was i don't know if she's still going through it but a couple weeks ago um she was going through the whole like you know um accepting her body Mm. and um i I just happened to go live and i was actually going live to do a um a workout a dance Mm -hmm. routine or whatever that i do on youtube and she said um can i ask you a question i'm like yeah and she apologized for interrupting my workout. i'm like girl i don't care this is more important um but she she talked about how she's struggling with just accepting herself she's young she's Mm -hmm. like well i'm 30 i'm 43 so almost everybody younger than me but you know she's young (laughs) she's like 20 something i think she was and Mm -hmm. um she uh, she she almost regrets having a surgery Mm -hmm. and and it's because um like she said she pretty much like the way she looked 
before she had the surgery. So now her body looks so different. And I said, well, why did you have the surgery? And I'm like, man, this is crazy because um, it's like she wasn't prepared. And yeah. you're right. The doctors, they'll go over your diet and your food. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I did have a psychiatrist appointment, but mm-hmm. it was one appointment and it was real quick. And Yeah, had, it's like 15 uh, minutes, right? It was yeah, just one and done. Yep. And she just, she said she just wanted to make sure that I don't have like an, an emotional attachment to food, because I guess if I, if I really did like a, a, maybe a strong emotional attachment to it, then, you know, she wouldn't have, you know, gave me the green light. And did I see a therapist, nutritionist? I don't think I saw a therapist. Mm-hmm. Nutritionist was the big one, right? You get like mm-hmm. three or four appointments and the psychiatrist, the heart doctor, your surgeon. I think that's it. So there is no, like, they, they prepare you for your, 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 your flesh changing, like, you know, like what to do to change your, your actual body, but mm-hmm. not your mind. And it's not until you actually get into a community where you start noticing things like things that are almost um, the similarities, everybody starts saying, you know, things and it starts ringing in your head, like maybe this is what I'm dealing with. So anyway, back to the girl, she wanted to know, like, how can she accept her body? or you know her her you can't undo it mm-hmm. it's done so she wanted to know like how could she like get out of this like depressed um phase that she was like going through and accept herself as whatever you know whatever the changes are I told mm-hmm. her my my thing I only can share my I'm not a professional and I don't that's not me but um I, I said the only thing I can do is tell you what my experience and mm-hmm. I realized that over time my experience um I think a lot of things that that I'd struggle with was because um, uh, I, not, I'm not controlling, but like I, um, my, my eating was out of control because I, I tried to control everything else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, you know, so I said, and I'm an overthinker. I'm a huge overthinker Thanks. and like a big, 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 uh, you know, like <laughs> even, and see, I think you, you, what's funny is like a lot of people in the chat, um, in the chat when on that live, they said mm-hmm. the same thing. Podcasts that I listen to from bariatric people, they say the same thing. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're overthinkers. They overthink. And I told her, I said, you can't control everything. I said, you yeah. have to understand that and breathe. You can't control everything. And I said, this surgery has helped me understand, <laughs> understand that a lot. And just mm-hmm. letting go pieces, like, you know, letting go of it, like pieces and just the community in general, just helping me realize things. So um, like, what would you say to somebody who is going through something like that? And they're, they're they had the surgery yeah. and now they're like, I've kind of regret this surgery, even though they're healthier and they, they might look good or whatever, but they kind of regret it. So how would you, what, what would be your advice to them to just with acceptance? Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest pieces that I talk about with folks who are pre-op is really like understanding your why. And so um, I think that folks go into it with either an aesthetic in mind or um, go into it with like what doctors feel like prescribe them versus understanding why you decided to do it yourself. Cause ultimately you have to get the consent, right? Um, and so I think it's really understanding. And if it's not something that feels feasible, understanding, like creating a new narrative around why did you decide to do this surgery, right? If it is for the healthier piece, then it's recognizing that your body will shift with the, mm-hmm. um, 
but it's also the most consistent relationship that you have. And so mm-hmm. um, what would it look like to be kind and gentle and gracious to the different versions and seasons that your body is going through? Um, oh, because good. ultimately like you, like this is our house, right? We have to tend and care for our house. And I recognize that the journey is arduous right? It is long. It feels tiresome, like having to make sure that you're consistently drinking water, you're getting enough protein, you're taking your vitamins. And it also can save from a lot of the things that could have happened, right? Like I had diabetes that that was reversed. So I no longer, my A1C is like even below pre-diabetic now. And, um, like that feels like such an accomplishment. So even if it's not the um, the thing you're like you think it should be, it's recognizing mm-hmm. what is. Like, what are the things that are some of the really positive attributes to this? Um, mm-hmm. And of the things that have not been positive, what do you need in order to honor that space and go from there? Because I think that. Um, Sitting in regret doesn't change the situation. It doesn't change no. the, you know, that that it happened. And Mm-mm. you can still honor your body at all the different stages and places that it's in. So for me, um, being at my heaviest, I definitely saw how complicated it felt to get on a plane and I love to travel. Not being able to buckle my seatbelt, having to consistently ask for an extension. It felt like it, it really hurt my feelings. <laughs> like yeah. it made it hard to even want to travel or the idea mm-hmm. that people wouldn't want to sit next to me because I'm the the fat flyer, right? Yeah. Um, and so having to like even uh, make space for the shame that I felt and not blame my body for that, but also recognize that there's something that I can do about it now. And, mm-hmm. it, and I have, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. Mm-hmm. That was a long good. answer to that. <laughs> no, no, but your answers are like, I don't care how long they're good. They're <laughs> really good. And I, I know, like, I know this is going to help like a lot of people. So like, if I didn't say it, which I don't know if I did, thank you for doing this with me. Cause this is, this is amazing. Um, so I got to ask you a question. What, okay. what, all right. So going back to like, just accepting your body in the phases. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about loose skin. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I went from 371 mm-hmm. and I'm 225 now. Okay, come on, come on. And, <laughs> and I'm like really happy. Listen, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Under what, like you said, understanding your why. My initially, my why was because my husband wanted to do it, and um, I was going to do it with him because he wanted to do it. Because we, when we do things together, we do it really well. Like when we're on the same page, we're like awesome, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you want to do it, I'll do it with you. And then he started to back out. And I'm like, yo, you got me in these streets looking like a fool. And, you know, I already put out there that I'm doing this. Like, you know, and I, I felt I felt stupid. And um, one of my siblings told me, they was like, you got to really sit down and think about why you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I determined that I want to do it for myself. So for, for going back to the determining your why or really understand your why, I don't, I don't regret the surgery at all because I know my why. And my why is for me. Like I had pre-diabetes and a whole bunch of other crap, like, you know, a lot of people and a lot of that stuff has been like removed, like poof, pow, be gone. Yeah. But um, 
now it's like, okay, how do you accept your body in this phase of like loose skin? Cause I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to, um, <laughs> to like look in the mirror and be like, Hey, when I got on clothes, I'm cool. Like, mm-hmm. Hey girl, you look good in these jeans, but like <laughs> without clothes, I'm like, okay, we're just going to like put something over the mirror or something like that. So how do you, or would you recommend, or, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I think that, um, for me, loose skin is a representative of where I've come from. I know that that isn't necessarily everybody's perspective of it because they feel either disgusted by it or uncomfortable with it. Um, and for me, I'm like, there are moments that I do see it and I'm like, okay, that that is a, a place of um, that I would like to get to where if financially I can afford to do so, I'll do something in that regard. But in this moment, it is a representative of how far I've come. Like, look at where my arms were really big and it was just that, right? Like now it is, um, I'm toning, I'm doing things to make sure that I can now have muscle that I didn't have before. Like there, it's not in the way of me being able to do a lot of the things that I want to do now. I can walk farther. I can, um, I can lift heavier. I can do those things. So for me, loose skin feels like just a representative of how far I've come. Um, and just wanting to look at it as not necessarily a, a disgusting thing, but as a look at, look at how far, look at how my body is able to shift when I shift. Right. And so that's um, true. And I, so that, that's just my perspective of it. And I know that, you know, that may be, and I'm not trying to be Pollyanna about anything. One thing I'm not, is like, I'm not going to take the funk. (laughs) I'm not going to say that there are moments that I look at my thighs and I'm like, damn girl, these guys, they, you know, they big out here, but also like, um, we, we did, we did do something about it, right? We're doing something about it. And, um, it is a representative of how far I've come. You know, my husband, or oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Well, I think, oh, I think it was my husband, or maybe I heard it somewhere. Somebody said it's a badge of honor. I can't Mm -hmm. remember where I heard it from, but they said, wear it like it's a badge of honor. And I'm like, okay, now I don't have like, I didn't lose that much weight where everything is just like, wow, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but it's still, you still see it. And they, and they said, wear it's a badge of honor. But I think what you said was like really important. You don't look at it as a disgusting thing. And that's, I mean, honestly, when I look in a mirror, that's how I think about certain parts, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. disgusting or some parts, some parts, like my arms, I laugh at my arms. If they jiggle my daughter, my four-year-old will walk over to me and be like, look, your arm's so wiggly to me. The arms don't bother me, but Mm -hmm. it's other certain other parts that bother me more than others but if you don't if you kind of I guess condition your your mind like because it's all mental right if you kind of condition your mind not to um to look at it as a disgusting thing then you can like not overcome it that's not the right word but um maybe accept yourself in this stage like you said in this phase that's so that's so good that's so good that's so good I got to see these questions um yeah, there was something else I wanted to say to that too. I think about yeah. the fact that um, we are doing a lot of comparing ourselves to what the um, standard of beauty is, like the societal standard of beauty. And so loose skin, um, sagging skin, um, even getting older, like those things feel like something to be almost um, 
like you should feel disgusted by, you should feel uncomfortable with. And I don't know that all of our bodies are meant to look a specific kind of way. Mm -hmm. I think all of our bodies are going to go through its own like cocoon and butterfly stage, right? And so Mm -hmm. when we make space for not wanting to, like not wanting a perfect version, but a a version that feels like um, I can do the things that I've set out to do and anything extra is great. Right. Um, I think it makes more space for grace to like be in the present versus all the places in which folks think they should be. No, you're absolutely right. Cause it is like, um, it is like, you know, you're growing up on TV, you know, I saw a lot of like, you know, perfect looking, you know, women. Um, and you, you are taught even as a child or a young female, I only speak from a female version, you know, you have to be, well, no, my dad was, my dad taught my, my brothers, I have two brothers, you got to be tough. And in females, you got to be soft. You know, you can't be tough because you don't want a man not to want you if you're a tough girl, but you have to look, um, you have to be soft as well. Like you have to be very dainty and be very pretty and be very petite, be, be very tiny, you know, snatched waist in the curves and everything. And if you don't look like that, then something's wrong. So now you're right. Now that you've lost all this weight, and you're you, like the expectations, like I'm gonna lose all this weight and I'm gonna have whatever, whatever, a Coca-Cola bottle or whatever it is, because that's yeah. what society says you should look like as a woman. And you lost all this weight and you realize, well, I'm a Coca-Cola bottle with some, with some bumps or with some humps or with some lumps or with some, you know, yeah. <laughs> some flab. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm not that perfect look. And you're mm-hmm. being, even if it's not, uh, it's like it's like a subconscious thing like it's, it's deep down in there like you, even if it's not in the forefront of your mind like oh I'm beating myself up because I don't look like you know I don't know Cindy Crawford or Naomi Campbell or something I'm like no you you're beating yourself up because that's what you've been conditioned to do mm-hmm. since you were little and it's like what the unpacking trauma like all these phrases that goes around on, on, on social media and that's really what it is and you don't realize how much that stuff impact impacted impacts you now yeah um today as an adult or you know and, and even if you're in your 20s and you're like man I had all this weight loss surgery and I don't look like whoever you know whatever it is and it's like you have yeah. to you have to accept you in this I like that so much yeah accept I think you a, right here it's the assumption that this is going to fix that however you've seen yourself throughout right and yeah. especially if who you've who you've been hasn't ever felt good enough the surgery does not make that like does not fix that <laughs> oh my god yes you are so oh my god I love you you are awesome <laughs> oh my god you are awesome that's you oh my god no you are really awesome you are just like tapping away at like all the things like oh my god yes yes mm-hmm. if you wasn't happy with yourself before surgery then it, the surgery the surgery is not going to fix that the sur- like yeah. I didn't understand I didn't understand that I didn't even um when I went to that when I decided to have you know the surgery I didn't mm-hmm. do any research because I didn't want anybody to scare me out of something that I set my mind on I didn't want to hear no sure. horror stories or anything like that everybody's journey is different I understood that at that you know when I was um, going through the pre-op phase mm-hmm. but um if you yes if you're not happy with yourself before surgery then it's quite possible that you're not going to be happy afterward which is why therapy is important so yeah. like so so you so you're licensed in Texas and California 
Yes. So for clients that I see longer term, I see clients that are in those states. If folks are pre-op and looking for support, I can see you in any state because it's only five weeks. It's technically not therapy. We're talking about things that kind of um, touch on the mental, the emotional, like all of those aspects, but it's not technically therapy. It is a program for bariatric patients to support them around processing some of this stuff. Um, And so some of the clients that I've had so far, like even being able to tap into like when they first learned um, that they felt um, like things that have been imparted into them, like what what has been projected onto you, right? Because I don't Mm -hmm. think we talk about that either. My Mm -hmm. family and I love them dearly. They know that one of the things that has really bothered me over the years has been as folks have gained weight, they make comments about it. And then they talk about how, um, well, we all need to just go ahead and line up and everybody get the surgery and do da 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 but nobody ever does anything. Or mm-hmm. they say that and then pile on a bunch of food and then have regret afterwards and then shame themselves and shame you in the process. Yep. So you like, you, it, it never feels like a space where it's like, okay, but am, so, is who I am and what I'm doing not enough? Like, do you feel like you need to comment on my physical appearance and, you know, tell me I need to, I need Mm -hmm. to lose weight. We need to lose weight. We need to do. So I can imagine that as the person who is losing weight, other Mm -hmm. people are also perceiving you and they're seeing um, spaces and places within themselves that also don't feel healed or um, don't feel okay because they see you get into a point where you feel like, okay, I'm working towards this thing, right? So Mm -hmm. even if you're not the perfect body shape, sometimes people are so used to you being the fat friend, the friend that's the bigger one, the the family member that's the, you know, whatever. Um, And so even in your mind, there's a cognitive dissonance. That's what we were talking about on that. Yes. um, that uh, post I was making there's the cognitive dissonance that you know people are perceiving you a certain kind of way and how you either perceive yourself or how you see things they don't match and it Mm -hmm. feels so awkward and so weird so being a person who's losing weight and even though there's loose skin and whatever the case may be not taking on the perception of others like internalizing the perception of others that you need to be this very form-fitted you know um, sucked in non, you know, r- no resemblance that there was a fat person at all. Um, right. And I don't, and I don't mean that with any harm when I say fat person, because I, I label myself as a fat person, but I, yeah. I'm saying that as a bigger bodied person, as, um, you know, I think fat phobia is super real and we want to erase versions of ourselves. And I think it's just, again, honoring the different stages that we've been in because that person has existed at some point and it also either protected us, it housed us, it made space for us in that time. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram, TikTok, or even in my Facebook group and let me know what you liked about this episode. Oh, And please, please rate and review my podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of Bariatric Confessions. I hope you have a very successful day.